Okay, so do we want to do... Uh, it's date, date, date. It's dateline, dateline, dateline. It's date, date, date. It's... And... It, okay, come on. March 6th, 2013, and this is Idle Thumbs 97. For Idle Thumbs, I'm Alex Ashby. I'm Jake Rodpin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. Uh, Chris isn't here this week because we're in the UK for the BAFTAs and we left him behind. But we're joined by our friends Ollie Moss Hello. and Duncan Fife. Hello. Um, yeah, it's weird to be in England for no reason. Yes. yes. Well, that's and, like my life well. all the time. It is perpetually no weird no. in England for no reason. Yes, all the time. I mean, you're here for the reason that you were created but here. But I lived here. Duncan <laughs> yeah. was not created here. No, uh, I moved here recently. But you are in London for a reason. Yes. yes. Or, you know, <laughs> it feels like no reason to us because <laughs> we just sort of appear I've been, here. I've been searching yeah. for a reason. <laughs> like, I mean, we've woken up two, like, two days in a row and been like, yeah. Oh, we're in London. Hey, Wait. what do you want yeah. to we are, we are attending the Baptist uh, tomorrow. tomorrow night. Yes. Yeah. Which will be your yesterday, dear reader. <laughs> Tomorrow is your yesterday. Yes. It's a really shit vibe. It's a song I'm going to sing if I'm given the yeah. microphone at any time. Well, the BAFTAs already have happened by the time this is posted. Yes, yeah. Tomorrow is your yesterday. I see. Yes. So congratulations, so. guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, good try. Uh, well done. I mean, yeah. being there. Yeah. We're waking up. Yeah. Good try. Do we want to talk about video games? Yeah. I think so. Oh, yeah? I think we should. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about some video games. So you were saying before we started recording that you played Kentucky Route Zero. Yes. And um, that, that little that, that pitter-patter you just heard was Ali Moss deciding to tap out a little ditty on our recording stand. <laughs> our, our recording conditions are not optimal, No. by the way. Um, Jake is sitting on a, a suitcase. My suitcase. And I'm sitting on a garbage can. <laughs> Actually, before we start talking about Kentucky Route Zero, we might bin. as well introduce folks. Yeah, like what did oh, you get sure. to? Duncan has been, you've been on Idle Thumbs before, you were on our GDC episodes in like 2010, oh, or 11, 9, oh, nine. ancient ye olden times, Yes. Um, known for looking at a woman through a window of the hotel. Known by you. Um, also, I think that was the episode where we talked about Steve Maretsky's dick. Yeah, that's so true. So that was I, a good episode for sure, a classic. But you also write things on the internet, which I did. you should read. Uh, yes, thank you. What's your blog? Hits, well, go to hitselfdestruct.com because that still exists and Good, people look at it. There's entertaining things there. Yeah. And, uh... I don't know, can you talk about the piece you just wrote? Um, I probably shouldn't. It's it's a piece... <laughs> I would say, it's very controversial. Yeah. Uh, it's a piece about video games for a magazine that you have heard of. Wonderful. Uh, but but it's kind of a big deal because you just moved to London in the past two and a half months and... Yeah. yeah. From New Zealand. I mean, a big deal for you, at least. And, like, it's like you got to... Yeah, yeah, it's not a big deal for you guys? I mean, congrats. <laughs> I don't know oh. if the piece itself is going to... You know, it's going to say... No. It'll actually redefine what game is, probably. Probably. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, that is the thesis of the piece. Yeah. <laughs> Redefining gaming. Good. Um, yeah, but that'll... Uh, hopefully there will be things written by me on the internet that you will see. And 
All you've made things on the internet as well. You're, you're, oh, yeah, I make lots of things on the internet. Good. The internet is probably just itself. Yeah. You're so you make lots for? of, like, keep calm and carry on poster motifs. Oh, God, that I love that. <laughs> yeah, oh, so good. Yeah. But uh, how long have... So Ollie's a graphic designer who yes. you've worked, you've probably seen... Uh, you, you did the resistance cover. I did the resistance that cover. Saw, I so, did. Yeah, I did that. That, was, other than that, that, was, a, that was a divisive, divisive piece. Was of that work. really divisive? Yeah, I got some. I got some hate mail. Some, you probably get hate mail just for making anything. Yeah, but just I for insisting. Well, I got like two bits of hate mail. But what? Uh, it's like two a lot. is a lot. Two hate <laughs> you mail. Light I got hate box. mail. <laughs> <laughs> what if that box art had been like a guy holding a large gun with his back to the camera, but like sort of looking over his shoulder at the camera? Or walking towards it. While holding his gun, you know what the actual, the actual thing about um, about about that cover art was that they showed me what they were going to go with beforehand, and they said like, "Well, I was hired to do the uh, the special edition for the UK, not the sort of the worldwide thing." Mm-hmm. And they said, "Well, this is what we're thinking of," and it was really fucking good. And they've never kind of like showed that it. Never <laughs> yeah, out. it's never gone out, but it was really good. And I was like, "There's no way <laughs> choose mine over that," because you know it, it definitely had that sort of. Um, you know, it was a first-person shooter cover, but it mm-hmm. had, like, an idea, and it was cool. It had, like, its own thing. I really liked you it. You just wanted to write them back that they said, go with that. Yeah, <laughs> it did, uh, there was never a time that I was like, there's no way they're going to choose my thing. So was there it was, it was, it was that project them saying, this is what we're doing right now. Yeah. Show us something a little better, and we'll go with that? No, it wasn't. It was just um, they, it was they just said, the no, it, it was, like, do the special edition, oh, because, you know, we've got, you know, this cover. We, we, we always really liked the idea that, well, the whole thing about the Resistance franchise was that it was supposed to be this... Uh, it's kind of like, you know, it was a first-person shooter and it was a big action blockbuster game, but it also had this kind of old-school retro vibe to it as mm-hmm. well that they definitely went with it with the first game, but it, as the they one. moved to the second one, they kind of lost that a little bit and they mm-hmm. wanted to sort of regain it with the third one, so they thought, let's go back and do something that looks a little more handmade, a little more illustrative, and they wanted the special edition for that, and what I did they liked, so they made it the whole thing, but I was sort of surprised they didn't go with the key art they originally had because it was really good. Anyway, weird tangent. That would have been like really relevant about two years ago. That's all... Uh, <laughs> well, so you, mean, yeah, you mean it's not yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last year, so, uh, last yeah. week was all about Zuma's Revenge. Yeah. So, and the week before that was about <laughs> Zuma's, Revenge. Zuma's Revenge. So, um, the week before that was probably about Far Cry 2. Okay. So, yeah, so, don't worry. Good. You're right yeah. at home. Uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody... That the cover was like orange and sort of... And it had a skull. Skull. So, so original. Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we need original. But no, let's go for a skull. Where there were teeth. Oh, yeah, that was clever. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> we saw it of that. Anyway. But yeah. So, yeah. Now that we've introduced people... Oh, and you're Jake Rodkin. Oh, hi, I'm oh, Jake Rodkin. I'm a host of the Alphonse podcast. Yeah. And Alphonse. I'm, I'm a big, big, big fan of your work. Oh, good. Kentucky yeah, mostly the... Zero? Podcast. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. Ollie and I have both played it. Uh, I played the first. I played like the first twenty minutes. Oh, okay. I, I got past the uh, the sort of gas station bit to the point where you get to the road. Oh, that's yeah. the, yeah. I got that to, I got would... to Route Zero. I think is that yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yes. So Kentucky yeah. Route Zero is actually an episodic adventure game. Yes, which yeah. is pretty cool. But it's in the IGF right now. It, I think it did pretty well in the nomination process. But that's how I played it. Was uh, yeah, as an IGF juror and. It's uh, it's got a really remarkable art style for sure. Absolutely beautiful. No, it's it, yeah, it's stunning. It's sort of like a yeah. super stunning. It's made. Game. I think it's made in Unity, and it's three. It's definitely it's, made in Unity. It's three D under awesome. the hood, but it all looks like really sort of wiry. Yeah, yeah. Sh- like, shadowy, um, simplified two D stuff. Yeah. Like the Thomas was alone. Do you play that as well? It's like similar things. Like I know. Unity, I know. like made in three D, but yeah. like has a two D thing. Mm. Yeah, I don't even know how I would describe the art style. I mean, this sort of it's very it's like it's stark, but I don't know. I'm really bad at describing art styles. I don't know how how like how would you describe it? 
I don't entirely know. It looks like... Oh, he's an artist. He knows. Yeah, um, go out, don't <laughs> Pretty. Pretty. <laughs> it's it looks, it's like, really it pretty. looks like something that okay. could have been a really, really, really weird conceptual tone piece for Team Fortress 2 that never made it into the game. Yeah, that's a good question. Married with, like, a more sort of, like, American mm. Southwest version of some of, like, the Super Brothers stuff. Like, in that everyone's kind of spindly and odd, but it mm. it looks... It's a it, lot clearer no, than it's, that. It's, it's, not, it's not derivative of Super Brothers. Like, no, like, no, it's... Yeah, it's, 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 it's but it, it's just um, in terms of it being a weird indie-looking thing, like it has lots yeah. of cir- circles that pop up in minimal UI. And I, th- stuff. I think I think when you when you said um, that it felt like a tone piece, I thought I was like really bang on because it it really has this um, it's so it's so good at capturing atmosphere with like the sort of specific detail. Bits. Yeah, it's just this. You look at a scene and it it just sort of exudes this amazing um, like uh, tone. Yeah, but, it conveys yeah. really yeah. feelings really specifically, even though it's all just kind of. Shapes and colors. Mm. Yeah, it's a point and click adventure game where it feels like if you pointed and clicked all the way through the entire experience, anytime you just hit F11 or whatever the mm. screen capture button is on Steam, you would just have a piece of key art. Yeah, <laughs> like something sure. you could use as a background image for your desktop because it's but really I, beautiful. But, but I mean, I, I loved it and I loved the um, the art style, but I, for some reason I wasn't compelled to finish it, or at least the first chapter because mm-hmm. I felt the, um, the writing was maybe a little bit. Um, a little bit sort of pretentious, maybe a little bit like a tone. Yeah, I got hung up on the tone of the right. I got hung yeah, up on the tone of the right. The, the, the tone of the right, like I really, I liked it, and I felt yeah. like it, 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 it was really sort of um, it worked with the mood that they were conveying, but it, it didn't kind of grab me in that way. And when, when you're doing an adventure game like that, right. really realizing the writing to kind of grab you, and it didn't. Right. I will say that I was pretty super into the writing. So I understand what you mean yeah, by no, pretentious. Yeah. I'm but... actually curious as to what you grabbed onto in the writing because I know what Ollie didn't. Like so, what is the thing about it? Like actually, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. But as so somebody who really likes it, like, what is the thing where you had that moment where you went, "Yes, this is my video game." Where you went, "Yeah." Yes. <laughs> when it, the moment when I went, "Yes," was um, I think it strikes a, re- a really good balance of maintaining a mystery throughout the entire piece, where there's clearly something off, but it's not drawing atten- necessi- not always drawing attention to the fact that there's something weird. And the various destinations that you can go to along the road and the little encounters that you have there, which are presented mm-hmm. basically just as text adventures. Um, as drawn to how mysterious it was. I like that, but I almost thought from the start that it was it was almost like hammering home how mysterious it was supposed to be. Like, it's, yeah. when you connect, was it you name your dog in the first? You name the missing dog or something? Like, yes. Yeah, and, and you pick the name and they were all quite strange. And it was all, it was, uh, I mean, maybe that's part of it. I mean, I, yeah. obviously, I feel like I'm think, not really qualified what, to talk about it because I didn't finish it. So mm-hmm. I, can't really well, I mean, the tone is pretty consistent. But, yeah. I mean, what I like about it is it feels like a combination to me, the writing of, like, the weirdest parts of a Coen Brothers movie combined with the least weird parts of a David Lynch movie. Like, the, part, <laughs> yeah, the parts in a David Lynch movie where there are two people talking and there's nothing supernatural happening, but it's just, the conversation is just kind of stilted and unnatural and off. But there's something weirdly well, compelling about that like as well. It's going for a very specific thing, and I you think it bought is. it, Duncan, and sure. you didn't. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say... It, maybe it was the, like, the mood that I was in at the time. I, I liked it enough to play... I, I wasn't so frustrated that I sort of threw it away. I was like, I'm never going to fucking play this again. I, mm-hmm. But I'm going to do this now. I will come back and, and give it another try, because I love the art style so much. and um, It does come on very strong. Really into, you're really into it, and I, and, I, and I like what I was seeing. It just didn't and there, like grab me in the way that, that I... So it's, you need to be grabbed by an adventure game to, to continue with it. But, it's been a but while since try. I looked at this and I looked at it yeah. in a huge bunch of IGF games. How does the actual map thing work? You get out of the first screen and, yeah. and then 
a map appears. See, I like, yeah, so, I like oh, the that maps, a lot. So yeah, the I map the maps works cool. really nice in that yeah. you're trying to go to this woman's house and a guy at a gas station tells you how to get there and he says, oh, go up to, there's a burning bush, take a left and then take your first right and then look to your left and it'll be over there. So then when you get in your car and you go to the map, it's literally just black and white. Like the lines on that are on the screen are just high contrast, just like white lines looking. that sort yeah. of like vein out into what you perceive to be hmm. the American Southwest. It's... And then you just click along that line and there's no sort of signage or on-screen UI right. or yeah. journal that reminds yeah. you to tell you that tells you where to go. Yeah. So you have to remember, okay, I'm just going to go <laughs> on this board. I'm, it's, and it did, it's yeah. so, well, the thing that I loved about it was that moment was like so plain. It is a line on a screen that you're traveling mm. across. It literally could have been done on like a TI-86 mm. calculator. And you have to or remember. The 85. <laughs> or the 85. And I don't mean to disparage the 85. Right. It was a no. fantastic machine that probably got me through Algebra 2. Played a lot of Mario ripoffs. Definitely. Boulder Dash ripoffs. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a uh, GTA minimap. Sort of like rip yeah, large, yeah, yeah uh, except without the, the uh, without the GPS sort of route telling right. you where to go. And destinations only show up when you get close. Yeah, which and, I like right. as well. Yeah, because you, you've got that constant like, am I going the right direction? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, there, yeah, it's time exactly. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and sometimes it's a good. new screen, and sometimes it's just a text box with yeah. some options, which is interesting. Yeah. But I think the map, the way the map works, is probably. The best part of the game. I really I was like, just I, say, I, I that was the thing that made yeah. the game. I walked away from the game and felt like it was a really good experience because up until that moment, I was kind of experiencing the same thing. Yeah, that I was. yeah. I mean, it's a pretty linear game, but that's the and I mean, it is, but that's the one part where it feels like you're actually driving around a weird version of the American Southwest, which is incredible because it's so nothing. It's just yeah, black and white lines. Like, but it feels mm. like what it's supposed to be. Like where you're, like, you feel like you're in the space. Mm that the game is about. And that, I think, is a really huge achievement for the game. But um, it's also, I think it's worth pointing out that, like, it's an adventure game, but it's not particularly puzzly and hard. No, it's not. Yeah. I actually thought it was, and when I think about Kentucky Route Zero being an adventure game, I remember it as being That's very because difficult. because first impression for it was the guy giving you the directions, you're going, oh, I've got to do it. No. <laughs> my hand is like, miss. No, my first impression <laughs> of the game was a guy telling me to go downstairs and find a thing. <laughs> and then, because I was playing an IGF oh, yeah. build, yeah. it could, it was had a like a P1 blocker in it that wouldn't let me solve the puzzle. So I okay. thought it was just starting off with a very esoteric adventure game puzzle. So I walked away yeah. from the game, and then I ended up re-downloading it. Like a week later, yeah. and I was like, "Oh wait, this is just a really like easy, like, like really nice flow, Brendan Chung style." Isn't it like, like the, the, narrative the, game? This is the first puzzle where you've got to um, I log into the computer and get like the basement access of it. I don't. The first, I you remember getting access. You go down. To the, you go no, but the, the first, but before that, you don't you have to go on the computer. Oh, I see. And it, you and definitely it, and it, like, and you go through it, and you go through a multiple choice thing, and I was like, I don't know, what am I choosing here? I better check game FAQs and check. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Picking the right because I don't want to get the good ending right, so I gotta like check the right. Yeah, you know. cheated the no, like, bad but, 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 but it felt like it, but once you once you realize that you know it doesn't really matter what you right. choose in those situations. It's like, Did you guys know that The Walking Dead is cited in Kentucky Route Zero? <sighs> Seriously? Yeah, I'm serious. No. The, the, you go to there's a museum that you can go to and. I don't know if you guys want to talk about this. That's no, that's um, fine. But I, it's not, I mean, my... The, museum, I, tell me God, more. It's, 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 then, no, 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 this is the IGF build must have ended before the first episode, actually. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's kind of hard to find because you have to be pretty far into the game. There's a museum you can go to, um, and if someone tells you to go through a certain passage, you can. Um, and you find, like, a, 
what are the card drawers called in the libraries? Card catalog? Card catalog, yeah. Uh-huh. So also, go through. Also, is this also a Monkey Island 2 reference? It might not be a reference, but it's a sort of similar. Sorry, Monkey Island 2 it, it, is it, the only adventure game I've played that has a huge card catalog filled with injuries. Yeah, card catalogs also exist in the real world. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, you burned me in reverse. <laughs> um, anyway, but you get to a um, card catalog, and it's basically... There, there's a, it's just a list of about 16 summer games, and some are just like works of literature, and just presented as a bibliography. And there are games like, um, what is it? Uh, the Don't Take It Personally, Babe, It's Not Your Story. Do you know that? It's, it's some indie game, but there's that, is Siberia, of all things. Um, also, there's The Walking Dead, like, comma, Telltale, period, 2012. Weird. Really? So yeah. Like a wow. Catalog of, of reference citing or something. Yeah, but it doesn't. I don't think it explains like what these references, oh, what I the know. context is for these references, true to the character of the game. But yes, it is. I think. I think they have mentioned that The Walking Dead was an influence on that game, um, which I think is evident in that it's just mostly a dialogue-driven adventure <laughs> game right. with minimal puzzles. Weird. And there are sort of maybe choices that yeah. will carry over. Hmm. But I took it as like here's a list of our influences right. on this yeah. game. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Weird. It's weird that the... Is the game set in a particular era that isn't now? I don't remember. I don't think so. Because isn't it just this sort of, um... I think magical realism, like, it's... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like sort of timeless. Time, yeah. Timeless. Yeah, like, but it has a very Route 66 sort of, like... Yeah. yeah. I only asked because it. I talked a couple weeks ago on the podcast about being at a high school to give a talk, and... That was last week. Was it last week? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, and there... Their library in that place was brand new. Like, they'd clearly just in the last two or three years gotten a ton of grant money to redo everything. So it was just, like, a wall of IMAX and just, like, beautiful... <laughs> just, like, it was lit, like, the inside when of When you said Apple IMAX, store. I thought you meant, like, the giant... Yeah, it me too. Like, <laughs> I was like, they have an they IMAX? Have IMAX? <laughs> like, IMAX 3D? <laughs> IMAX brand personal right, computer. Understood. I got like, it you. was all, like, just wood shelves, really nice, lit inside, like, an Apple store. And then in the very back in the corner... Lit with one little like ceiling light it was one card catalog. God, I was gonna say no. one Edison bulb. It was one. It was the most hipster fucking high school library. It was one mustache. Uh, <laughs> next to it was a man in overalls. Uh, it was a guy making like artisanal. Stuff. Right. Yeah, a guy yeah. had a crazy <laughs> coffee percolator. Yeah, but he was making. He was heating it up on top of a, oh, yeah. you know, a uh, stove. There, no, there was just there was one card catalog in the corner, lit nicely. And it looked like a museum piece. And if it had been in 30 Flights of Loving, there would have just been a plaque above it saying card catalog. Catalog yes. circa 1949 yeah. or whatever, yeah. I'm sure kids, like... There were kids, actually, there wasn't... It, it wasn't up, kept up. The card catalog? Yeah. I didn't actually look inside of it. Hmm. I didn't want to ruin the mystery. Yeah. Good so, one. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it just it weirded me out. Yeah. Sorry, card catalogs. I'm old now. Old people... Video you could have opened it and they just would have had uh, download codes for The Walking Dead in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, copy of Siberia. <laughs> I really like, I mean, can, I really like Kentucky Route Zero. I mean, I was happy to see, old, like, again, because at first when I played it, I thought it was a difficult to complete adventure game. And then right after I had played the game and got stuck in, in again, and it's, the retail has released probably has no issues. But because I was, so you're just going to slide it on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah they're never going to sell another copy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've played the retail version, but you're probably right. But because I was stuck, I went. I walked away from it and went like, "Oh, it's like a really hard adventure game." Yeah. And then I saw that it was episodic, and I went, "You fools! Like, yeah. do not yeah. try to make an episodic game where the entire point of the gameplay experience is yeah. to stop you, mm. because eventually people aren't going to continue to pay for the rest of them." And I'm yeah. saying that as somebody who works. But at you Home have now. to pay for them all at once. <laughs> right. 
you know, and I think that was something that we kind of had to deal with at Telltale over the past few years was stop stopping people from playing the game. But then going back and looking at the game once I had a like once the game was more closer to the release release build, it being just Mm -hmm. a very like well paced, free flowing experience. Uh, made me really excited about the game. There was one moment I actually hated, but we don't have to talk about that. We don't want to. Yeah, no. it's actually not a challenging game. No, no it's for babies mostly. Mostly, it's a baby yeah. game. Yeah, I think it's actually on Leapfrog. I think that's actually <laughs> how you download it. Oh, it's for the Leapster. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it'd be up your alley, baby, Jake. Well, that sounds sounds like up your alley, baby. Like, excuse me, Duncan. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you can, it's on Steam, right? It, it was, yes, and you said that you have to pay for the whole thing at once. But I paid for the first act, and then they upgraded my purchase to the full thing oh, for no yeah. dollars. Wow! Really nice so these guys are the best guys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's like when you say the whole thing, it's like twenty dollars on Steam. No, but yes. I mean, I don't that's know about your, your British credits or whatever the hell you guys yeah. have these days. That's a lot of money in Britain. Yeah. I thought it's like actually the other yeah. way. No, that's like that you would buy a horse with. I have a question. When you're on Steam, is do you pay it's pounds. in pounds? You do, we do. do you when it first came out, it was dollars, and it was yeah. amazing but because everything was like, pounds? this is the best deal ever. I'm paying, what, like $40 for a game? This is great. Which yeah. ends up being like Which ends up being nothing, yeah, and then yeah. they bloody have to go and Now it's 40 it. pounds? Yeah. So, like, when you buy... Is it literally dollars in pounds? No. It's, um, no, no, no. Well, it, it is, but it is. I mean, do you pay, um, like, retail tax? Like, Sales tax not on, on Steam. Steam. Yeah, you see, because we do like the VAT is um, included, so it tends to be like I don't know, thirty pounds for a game, which makes it I guess, like fifty, fifty ish. Yeah, I mean, it, but it it's feels fine. like thirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was, it has the feel of thirty. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in New Zealand uh, and you paid on Steam for games in New Zealand dollars, they were about. Worked out to about twice as much as yeah. before paying oh in the US. Oh my gosh! You see that? Yeah, yeah that, like I, I hear a lot. So Australia Far Cry Three too. comes out. It's yeah. sixty US. It would be like 100, 100. Yeah, it would be like 90 New Zealand dollars, yeah. which is, well, now that it got, I think it got cheaper over time, but. Yeah, I did. There were a little bit of Australian. If I saw yes, a yeah. zero in front of a video game, I oh, wouldn't yeah. be able to buy it. Hey, well, do you remember the N64? Like, they, the games were like 70 pounds over here. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, like, no shit. It was ridiculous. There's a scandalized child. I can't handle her. Because I remember riding my bike to buy Goldeneye. And I had, some, I had 70 pounds with me. I 70 pounds? I remember yeah. being I had 70 pounds, I would have gone seeing, to Mexico. Um, <laughs> seeing, like, like Shadows of the Empire. Being like, oh, Shadows of the Empire, I won this game. Here we go. I'm going to live pounds. the tales of Dash Rendar. Is it Dash Rendar? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, God. I was thinking, thinking it was a Calcutan, but that's... No, uh, Calcutan, right? Yeah, Dash that's... Rendar, please. Dash Rendar, yeah, you're right. I was reading about Dash Rendar the other day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> reading the novelization the of Shadows of the Empire? No, although I did read it that when it came out. Of course you did, because yeah. that was LucasArts' entire deal. That was, like, yeah. their first, like, transmedia synergy explosion. Yes. With Shadows of the Empire. They had a PowerPoint slide that said... It was probably on an actual slide that said Dash Rendar equals synergy. Yeah, and then the next slide was just Duncan Fife's child face. Yeah. <laughs> Why were you reading about Dash Rendar? Um, I honestly do not remember. It was really late at night. This was just... You did you get... Wikipedia were you, yeah, yeah would you get... Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, I learned... Reading about, like, um... What is it, like, Luke Skywalker's future wife? Like, what's the name? Mara like, Jade. Yes, Mara Jade. <laughs> 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 Timothy's on just like <gasps> somewhere and all, this, and all, like, all the all the kids and it's like what like, Annie, like Ben Skywalker <laughs> um, I know but I don't want to yeah, say exactly. well, it's like I, I, I don't know I mean, no no, no. <laughs> I mean, from, no actually I, there's Anakin like... Jason and then there's a girl who I also starts with a J. Oh, Duncan Fife. Yes, Duncan Fife. <laughs> Duncan Fife. They're, they're doing <laughs> episode seven now, and are those characters going to? There's interviews with the screenwriter, and, yeah. and they've basically just said, 
whatever, expanded universe, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so they're basically ignoring those things. So Timothy yeah. Zahn had a small cheer just now Sorry. because he heard someone remember the names of characters from his book. But mostly he's crying. Yes. Because and now that I heard you say that. I imagine the reason, the reason that Duncan was looking up Dash Rendar is because he's archiving all of the Star Wars Expanded Universe entries on Wikipedia before they get deleted as no longer relevant. <laughs> <laughs> They're slowly just like erasing like weird like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, no. Michelle Gondry's sets deleting, but it's things like Dash Rendar and Ben Skywalker or whatever. Poor, whatever. poor Dash. It's, well, there's no Ben Skywalker. Sean claimed he exists, so he does. Ugh. This is the best episode. But you know, but you know what? I, I, it's true. Like, <laughs> I, I do love like the expanded. Like I've never read anything from like the Xbox Play some expanded universe games. I've never read anything from the expanded universe. But like, oh really? I love checking out the wiki. Like, it's weird. I just, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's the same. I love reading the, the expanded, thing. like, my favorite was the expanded universe of the um, Cantina Band and how, like, the style of music they play is literally called Jizz. What? <laughs> I don't remember that. No, it, it, and I read that. It, 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 it is. Yeah, it's like, no, we can't, because you know that they're playing, like, jazz, right? The thing, thing. Uh, so, so, it's, so it's, it's like, you can't play jizz, so they play, like, jizz or jats. But like, those were their options. They couldn't yeah, call no, it like yeah, seriously. They call jazz. it no, no. That's, that's so space jazz is called yeah, jazz. Jazz, yeah, I think so. Space jazz. Maybe that's just in my head, but that's, that's how I remember it. You're just the words are yeah. not stopping coming no. out of well, either of your faces right now. Yeah. Um, did you play Shadows of the Empire on N64? I, yeah. I, I rented it. Yeah, like, I had like three blissful days with that game. I, oh, you rent the N64 as well, or not? Because that was my that, experience with yeah. Shadows of the Empire. I was renting the N64, which made my parents have oh, to I, put down a huge deposit that I like traded the cost of the N64. I, I, tra- I, traded, my, uh, I, I traded my PlayStation <laughs> in with all of his games for an N64. Wow. Cool. Good move. When I was, like, when I, when I was, when I was um, much younger, I can't remember, I must have been like, um, like 12 when it came out. It was like the year after it came out. So what was that, like 97? Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, I would have been like 11. So, that would, for me, that was like, oh, like I don't want to play like um, Tomb Raider. I want to play like uh, whatever was on the uh, Wave Gold Knight. Yeah, <laughs> Wave Race. It was Gold Knight. I remember my Sixty Four had a Gold Knight. Were Mario, Mario Wave Race, and Mario Shadows Empire. No, Shadows Empire was a little later. Shadows Empire Kart. was on the back of the box because it was lunch window, but I don't know if right. it was. It was Mario, Mario Kart. But Mario Kart, no, Mario Kart wasn't in the lunch. What N sixty four? What are you talking about? Street Fighter. Street Fighter Two was Super NES. But what's funny is. So my dad was like loved Star Wars. Like my dad is not somebody you would you would peg on the street as somebody who likes Star Wars, mm. but was very into Star Wars. Showed it to me when I was probably nine or ten, and I went. Mm-hmm. And then I was marketed to. I was marketed the N sixty four by the Nintendo. And Dash Randall like won you over. And I went like, oh, I have to, I have to have this. And then I and then when I was marketed, I actually ended up having. Like, the weird promo VHS tape. Did anybody else get that when they were Nintendo Power subscribers? They sent out VHS tapes. I still have the footage. Donkey Kong Country one and the Yoshi's Island one. Okay, good. So I got the N64 one, and it had footage of Shadows of the Empire on there. And I went, I need that. And my dad was like, you know that's based on Star Wars, right? Oh. And I was like, shut up, old man. <laughs> so then I bought Shadows of the Empire, played it all the way through, was obsessed with it, and then got super into Star Wars. I was like, yeah, I, I, I didn't give a shit about... Because of Shadows the, of the Empire. I, I really didn't give a shit about like Star Wars the films until I played on... Um, Ollie Moss, right here on the Idle Thumbs podcast. Well, no, until I played, like, when I was much younger, I mean, I, I saw the re-releases of the thing, that's how I yeah. like, introduced to it, and they were cool, I enjoyed them, but um, I, I didn't, like, I wasn't super into it until I played... Um, Nice Steel Republic, and that was what really got me into the universe. 
Weird. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good game. Though. By a little bit. But it was yeah. such a good game. Were you just straight up movies? Uh, it was the VHS re-release. The first, yeah. like the yeah. right before the special edition, they like just did the yep. color graded widescreen ones. They uh, came in the black box. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah, midnight. That's that was yeah. what made me like Star Wars. That and you know, like also. Super Star Wars. That sure. Was, no, that's fine. Jumping a platforming a tauntaun. Yeah. <laughs> The level of the Super Return of the Jedi when you play as Wicket. Uh, (laughs) What? That's the best Star Wars gaming experience. Wicket level? Yeah. You're going to go on the record? Yeah. Are you on the record saying it's the Wicket level is the best Star Wars It's the Mario 3 boot of the Star Wars game. Oh, no. The best best Star Wars gaming experience. It's the P-Wing? No, the boot. Oh, the boot! Oh, with the little windy thing where you hide. Yeah, 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 the fucking boot. I don't know, Rogue, the, the one that came out with the, the GameCube, like Rogue Leader, was it? That game was good. Yeah, it was really it was fucking really, hard. It was really good. It was good, though. I think it was good. And also, um, Jedi Knight 2. Jedi Power Battles. Also, Jedi yeah. Power Battles. Masters of Tears Cast. Yes. One <laughs> <Or> of <laughs> Dark Days. <laughs> of all things. Oh, I'm so good. Uh, what, what was the um, what was the crappy ones that came out on Windows? Like the Yoda's Desktop Adventure? I played Yoda's Desktop Adventure Yoda's Stories? Yoda's Stories. That was it. Yeah, I played those. I played both of those. Those games are weird in that they seem like the precursor to like Zynga games. Yeah, they seem yeah, like the precursor to current social games. It's weird. Yeah, except that Yoda doesn't like say that he's not going to move <laughs> for, for three days or whatever. I'm going to need twenty <laughs> credits. I need yeah. eleven dollars. Like it here, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll move a space in twenty-five minutes, or and then Yoda's eyebrows just go up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, he put, and he does like that. He rubs his fingers together like this. Yeah. 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 People really Actually, hate the, So the total opposite, this is my seg, the total opposite of pay-to-play bullshit uh, Zynga games is a 100% free, always going to be free, episodic adventure game, not Kentucky Route Zero, called The Silent One. Is it what it's called or is it called Silent City? I think it's The Silent One. The one that we played this morning. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. Uh, it's on iPad, of all places, and... Let me make sure. It's called the Silent One. But it is a game set in this early 70s where, um, oh, let me see. I think it is called, it's called the Silent Age. I was wrong uh, twice, double wrong. Silent Age. Yeah, it's called the Silent Age, and it's set in the early 70s, and you are a custodian in a building, and you find a man who's been shot, who says he's a time traveler, who then dies, and then you are now on the lam for his murder. Because of, you know... But he gives you his time-traveling device. But he gives you his time-traveling medallion that you can then use to solve adventure game puzzles over multiple cityscapes. Oh, cool. And we finished the first episode today. The second episode is in development. And I don't know who these guys are, but they're great. And they're developing it for free and releasing it for free. But they have a website, and they're very honest about how much money it's going to take for them to finish the game. But they're doing it anyway. So they're like, look, it's going to cost us twenty five grand to get the second episode out. We're doing it. It'd be nice it's like if tip, you tip jar style. Yeah, like, yeah, it's totally tip jar style. They're doing it anyway, though, it's, and it's a really great experience. But it is an adventure. Yeah, game. it's mechanically very similar to Day of the Tentacle in that you know it's an adventure game where you do something and then it impacts something in a different timeline. Except mm-hmm. in Day of the Tentacle, it's three different characters in three different timelines. Whereas in this game, you are yourself. In the two timelines that it offers, so where you are spatially also matters. So it has the sort of Thing that shows up in a lot of Portal-inspired indie games, where you blip between two different states, and like, you know, it, it has simple puzzles like 
there's a sewer grate that you can kind of, it looks like maybe you can get through in one timeline, and then in the other timeline, it's been completely covered up in rubble because it's a weird dystopian future, but if you can get through it in one, in the present day, and walk right. into it, then you can see the future version of that room, which has an item that you need. So it's all... Uh, it's going to be a mix of, of like, time-based, sort of, like, long-term time-based puzzles, where, like, there's a tiny shrub of poison ivy, and then you realize that if I can kill it now, if I can, like, water it with something that It's like chopping away. down that cherry tree in uh, colonial times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. someone's freed from a tree in the future. Yeah. Classic. And I will say, I mean, as adventure, as adventure game design goes, it makes a lot of really smart decisions. Like, not letting you reuse items and just sort of having them fall out of your inventory. And it has a nice sort of collect an item, use it probably one to three screens away flow. Yeah, it's for So babies. you have... It's for babies. That's right, Jake. <laughs> so if you're a baby listening to this podcast, baby, I have a game for you. It's called The Silent Age. <laughs> set in the 70s. <laughs> It's a time period you don't know about yet because you're a baby. But um But you will know about it? <laughs> I imagine. Through the silent the age. The seventies will be cool when that baby is fifteen. That's true. <laughs> anyway. But uh it's got a really nice flow to it. I mean the first episode takes a couple hours to maybe not even an hour and a half maybe to complete, but it's free, so you don't really complain. Which is nice because you're not you don't feel like you're judging your gameplay experience versus dollars spent. I don't but, know, time um, spent. Hour and a half weeks. You know, time is, you know what? You're totally hour. right. Time is money, Jake. <laughs> I feel like if I play an hour and a half game and it's over, I've wasted that hour and a half because yeah, I haven't if unlocked I don't play, the tutorial if I don't play, of 37 additional hours. If I don't hours. play a 70-hour game that I got for free, then both it and I are idiots. A waste. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or what? completely forfeit. This is weird now. I was just agreeing with you. Oh. As is, oh, as is our custom. You want to take a break? Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Can I say one thing before we take a break? Oh. I think um, at the end of Shadows of the Empire, Dash Window dies. Video game. And we're back. And we're joined by Lawrence Bishop. Hello. And Ben Andak. Hello. And for Idle Thumbs, I'm Alex Ashby. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. How are we? Pretty good. So, uh... Introduce. Yeah. For Lawrence years, and Ben, um... I think you guys have both been on Idle Thumbs episodes in the past. Is that correct? We have some of the UK specials. I was on the right. episode with Duncan, and you were on. And Lawrence, you were on yeah. the GDC episode. And both Lawrence and Ben wrote for Idle Thumbs back in the 2004 to 2007 ish incarnation when it was an editorially driven site. Um, let's see, Lawrence, you developed video games of some kind. I do. And Ben, you're a programmer. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Ben, what are you up to at this point? I'm now a creative director of a Japanese company, but a subsidiary in Europe called Marvelous. What do you guys do? Um, Lots of stuff. Console, tablet, iOS stuff. So games? Yes. You develop okay. yeah. video games. Okay. We, make, we are in video games. When you Europe say creative director, games. you have a wide possibility of... It just means I direct people in a creative way. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> okay. Strong definition Good. of creative director you have over here. <laughs> So, over the break for a second, we started talking about... Talking Dash Rendo. Okay, I'll, we, we continue <laughs> to talk about Dash Rendo for far too long. Um, but we probably don't want to talk about Dash Rendo more. I'm no, sad. I would, I I'm going to go Rindo. ahead and say we should put a pin in Dash. <laughs> Good, okay. You guys wanted to talk about Thomas was alone? Uh, well, I don't... That's I, okay. I that. <laughs> no... <laughs> What? No, it's, no it's, it's really it's good. It's a game that I have not actually played. I've just seen. So. Oh, you should. It's, it's really nice. It's um, very 
uh, very simple platforming on the whole. There's a few kind of twists in the mechanics as you, as you go along, but um, and graphically it's completely pared down, simple. Lots of mm. squares, um, well, squared rectangles, quadrilaterals of all kinds. Um, it seems like the kind of things. it seems like the kind of game that a programmer would make visually. Like you just focus on the gameplay and yeah, just put lots of blocks in. It does in. seem that way. Um, the like in the only threats in the game are water and spikes. I think. Um, As in life. Yep. I'm always worried about water and spikes. <laughs> Two things I keep an eye out for. But um, the kind of unique thing about the game is the the narrated story, yeah. and it's it's really really. Very entertaining, really <laughs> nicely written, um, yeah. very well delivered. Done by uh, Danny Wallace, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's, so each of these different coloured squares, you, you play as like multiple characters at once and you can switch between each yeah. coloured square or rectangle. Starting as Thomas. Yeah. Who, who, starts, who starts off alone. Oh, he was alone. Yeah. He was alone, yeah. Then he was like, until But he, was, yeah, insinuates yeah, that he's no longer. Yeah, because lots of other different quadrilaterals turn up. And, um, As they are wont to do. Yeah, they each, depending on their shape, they each kind of can jump a different amount, or like one of them can swim, and they have all sorts of different personalities as well, described by the narrator. I didn't, I, like, didn't, I didn't get that far, but does a rhombus show up? Like, do we get a rhombus? No, no, they're all. <laughs> there's so no, there's that's no like my favorite. Yeah, that's like my favorite quarter They're all flat down and straight sides. Is that, is that, a, is that a like? Um, is that a problem with unity? They can't, like, can't, can't do <laughs> so, angles. Yeah. Like unity can do many how, amazing how things, but it can't do acute or obtuse angles. <laughs> is the narration like Bastion or something? No. So as you're running, it's uh, no, it, well, it's a little bit. It, 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 it is. It's like you know, it starts off. Thomas was alone. It's like it's pretty much the first line, right? And then yeah. it goes. Like, he he went here. He went there. And then so there's other ones. I can't remember the names it's, of the other uh, characters. I remember Claire. Claire. Yeah. Claire amused me a lot. She's the one that can swim. Johnny decides that's her superpower. <laughs> and it's save everyone with her power to swim. And it's all delivered by um, a guy named uh, Danny Wallace, who's a sort of um, UK writer and comedian. He's sort of, sort of quite well known, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, he delivers it really well with sort of a like a cervic like, sort of bent to his. Mm-hmm. I kind of delivery. equate his really... performance to. It's quite similar to. Well, he's, um, he's the guy. Who's in, he's one of the guys in Assassin's Creed. He's um, you know the uh, he? and, yeah, he's uh, you know the um, have you played Assassin's Creed? Mm-hmm. You know the programmer, the sort of sarky oh, right. yeah, guy. Yeah. It's him. He does it, but he's much more charming. And Thomas was alone. Right. It's amazing he, what in. yeah it's a good right? different dialogue will do. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> no, 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 no judgments. No, he, it, it works really well. He works really well in Thomas was alone in, in a way that I feel like he didn't in Assassin's Creed. But. Yeah, I never. Basically, anytime you weren't a guy who had knives in his sleeves, I was not into those yeah. games. <laughs> I I played those games in it. In Italian, anyway, so smart. I think I that was actually a Chris Remo recommendation. Yeah, Chris was telling me, "Oh yeah, when play you play Italian, Italian yeah, only play on the Italian look, and you'll it'll seem brilliant." <laughs> uh, yeah, but the Italian voice actors in this game are really good. Presumably. How's the Italian look in Thomas was alive? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I think it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, I so think is, it, is quite like um, what's the sphere in Portal Two. Uh, Weedley? Yeah, he kind of feels similar to... He feels similar to Wheatley to me. Um, uh-huh. In his kind of... He's not stupid, but he's just got... Like naivety? Of, yeah, the yeah. night. I don't know. The delivery just feels similar right. in some way to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What he knows about the world is limited, but he's a smart person. Yeah, or a yeah. smart I mean, like, and, and, it, and it's Yeah, it's, it's a game that's like um, mechanically like functional and works, but it's... 
it sort of elevates itself with this uh, great narration and yeah. that yeah. storytelling. That's, uh, so it's also a, in the IGF. I think it did well. Yeah, I, think yeah. It's, I know it's nominated for a couple of things, but uh, it's really yeah. good. What are you going to say? Then? I was just going to say. So, what's the over, overriding kind of atmosphere or tone? So it seems like Jumping. it's one of kind of innocent tone. Jumping it's tone. <laughs> yeah, all, all, like, uh, yeah, all the characters are like newly awakened AIs. Um, that are represented by cubes, so they're all trying to figure out who they are and who the other people are. So you've got this kind of really sarcastic little cube that hates everyone. Like, oh, I, I can't jump very far, and these guys are all douchebags jumping all over. But the he's place. like the tall one, right? So if he can jump, I can't. Really the yellow it. tall one is yeah. is like really uh, arrogant. He's yeah. like, oh, I'll do it. I can jump everywhere. And, Wasn't that uh, something that was cut from Portal as well? I remember seeing some cut stuff where they had lots of different versions of. I think, yeah, I think earlier versions with... of Portal had way more of the sort of personality cores throughout. I think the idea in that was that as you're playing through the game, you would. Encountered different personality cores with of different personalities, but they ended up paring it down to just Wheatley, right. and then all the other cores show up in the last like three minutes of the game. Yeah. Talk about space and stuff. Mm. Really like but they were more like sort of. It was like Alien Four, all the altered Ripleys in one gross lab. Right, Alien like Four, or was it Alien Three? Oh, was right. That's Alien Four, where the, all the yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, they were sure. like they were like dysfunctional, weren't they? I didn't yeah. see Alien in Portal Two. two. I played Portal Two. Oh no! But you find them. No, you're you're not. Not. That's like the weird turrets that you're thinking of. I think that's like the, there's those defective turrets I that say crazy think. stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. That yeah, just yeah. go blah 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 blah. And then, like, right, 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 right. Noises. But the the weird cubes were the ones that talk about space and about oh, going on adventures yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. And then one of them goes to the moon. You go to the moon. You go to the moon. But we're spoiling things. Yeah. <laughs> Dash Rendar dies. You go to the moon. <laughs> you know, all the Mario's Mario not even real. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, no way. It's the end of the last Mario. Mario, Super Mario Galaxy 2. He looks in the mirror and he sees Luigi. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, Did you guys not beat oh, Super no. Mario Galaxy 2? That's weird. Uh, yeah. And there's yeah, a Princess Peach behind the bed in a kind of Twin Peaks-esque moment. Peach's <laughs> <laughs> Bob? <Yeah. laughs> weird. But you guys are big fans of Thomas Was Alone. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, And it's on Steam, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Available now from all good. And it's Steam. 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 Yeah. From all good, it's Steam. It's, it's in your grocery's freezer. Yeah. It's coming out on PS3 and Vita uh, soon as well. Awesome. Are yeah. they out already? Uh, I don't think they're out yet. Right, okay. But yeah. they are soon, yeah. They announced it just the other week. Cool. Cool. It's amazing because the guy that did it was like his first game. It yeah. made independently and it's really excellent. Awesome. Good. I'll play that game. Hooray you for Unity that, that game. Way. Yeah. Hooray yeah. for you. <laughs> so, Ollie, you're leaving us tonight just so you can play SimCity. Is that uh, right? Yeah, that's the plan. I want to get up tomorrow morning and just put on your fuzzy slippers. Build a city. Yeah. Build a city, yeah. possibly a sister city. Yes. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Got it. You sound really excited about this. Been, I'm really excited. Oh, that was no, British I'm, excitement. I'm trying to get that. No, no, but here's the thing, right? We're blowing up this microphone. They did the they did the beta, and it was great. But it was such a cock tease because it was like, hey, you know what? You can play some city, and you can play it for an hour. And really? If you've ever, yeah, if you've ever played some city before, it's like that's impossible. You can't. Like, it, it takes that an hour. hour in the beta is yeah. so fun, though. It's so fun, but it takes like an hour. Like it, I've never really played a SimCity game it's before, almost like so it they took did me a little jobs. bit. And sold to, the video game yeah, to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, but the thing is, I already, I think I was only in the beta because I'd already pre-ordered it. So mm. I was like, ah, oh, this is so, this is so frustrating. But you've told all your friends how good it is. Oh yeah, I've told everyone. I'm you know, telling more people no, now. <laughs> okay. they, I'm bad in that I haven't been following or reading yeah. any of the press about SimCity. All yeah. that I did was play the betas, but there was an unlocked beta. 
last weekend or a few days ago. Yeah, but it wasn't. That, that was one that I went, and it wasn't unlocked. I mean, there was so much that you still couldn't. But use. it had the online connectivity running, which is the thing that I, I did, did it. I don't yeah. even. I don't even know. I mean, I, I they, don't, they've done yeah. three at least betas, and but the the most recent one, yeah. I know this because I just I read the Reddit thread about it, and which is the most informative thing to do is read Reddit comments. Yeah, but sure. we also played it. I didn't play the unlocked beta. Oh. Because. The, what did you and Chris play? On we played. Or you we, played the one. We played the, the previous beta, one. It's the demo of the hour-long thing. But oh, okay. the unlocked one, it revealed part of the reason that SimCity actually has online, always online stuff, which I didn't know about, and I'm sure people who yeah. actually read previews of the game know about. Yeah, well, that was know. that was so the thing. That... Other players can sign in and manage regions with you in real time. Yeah, you uh, see, that, that's uh, the coolest. Uh, that's the coolest uh, thing about it. I mean, like, everyone... so you can flag yeah. one of the three regions or flag regions as public, and then anonymous people can show up. Like Minecraft style, effectively, and you guys can tool around. Yeah, and you can. I, I imagine you and friends also can do this, but I'm yeah, and if, and if you have like surplus energy, you can like sell it onto them if they don't want to build an extra. It's it's cool. I mean, friends can show up with a tornado gun that shoots disasters yeah. at your city. I, I know yeah. this, and, and I know that their um their big thing is uh they have this like always online thing. And a lot of people see that as like a piracy measure, and I'm not sure at what level that is true. It's a disappointing but, thing to me, but. <laughs> At the I'm same time, I'm on an airplane. I can't play some yeah, city on the flight home. That's true, but I Garbage. completely respect like their desire to try and do something connected like, if you're like gonna this. Make right? it if you're going to make it always on, like, they've done something really there. cool. But it seems to me like more than just a sweet feature. It seems like that is what they want to do. They, they're making this new city, and that's what they really want to like, push with it. That's what makes it cool and different. And I'm excited about it. My friends are excited about it. We're going to play. We're going to be neighbors. Mm-hmm. We're going to like. Make little cities. I would be fine with it if it was opt-in. Like, if there was just a switch you could flip that is yeah. turn on. No, I, I get that. I get that. But but hearing about the more sort of multiplayer collaborative mm. stuff, which I just was totally ignorant to until the last beta, made yeah. me go, okay, at least, like, okay. I understand why the internet is involved in what it has historically yeah. been so, a game that you play by yourself. So let's make a, let's make a city together. Let's, let's make, let's make let's a be, city Let's be neighbors. Let's make, let's make a beautiful let's city beautiful, together. Yeah. Yeah. flirting. <laughs> it, I already asked you this, but is public transit like a thing? Like, yeah. is it like a big thing, or is it sort of like uh, a side thing? I think I, well, what I what I really like about it, from, from what it, from the sort of limited um, mm-hmm. like uh, exposure I've had to it, is that there are so many different things you can do, and it's as big of a thing as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So you can you can build your town around like education, specialized in education, great schools and universities, and have, like great transport links, or you can have like like this sort of public transportation mecca that everyone can go to, or you yeah. can my wife build, and I like, have industry this, this dream of making public transportation mecca. Because she's been living in Miami for two years without a car, uh, which has sort of yeah. been a crazy like like fever experiment of hers. So you Except can, it's gone now, gone on for two years. So you she can fulfill that dream in SimCity. Yeah. It's been pretty. It's been pretty downplayed yeah. in the betas because most of it is not locked, or excuse me, is locked. But I know even just within the beta, you can set up public transportation bus systems. You can place bus stops. You can place. Uh, Across your city, you can place park and rides for people mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. instead of having to commute, you can put that near the freeway. So, you know, you see all the cars yeah. go pull into the parking lot and then people take mass transit right. from there. Yeah. It's, it's... Um, also, there are trains, I Well, the first thing you lay down is... There are, yeah, there are. There are so that's always the thing that, like, I was like, oh, maybe public transit is, like, definitely not as important in this game. Because the first thing you lay down is a path that's built for a car to drive on. I think it's because they mm-hmm. look at just well, what, how what actual, actual cities, cities are. Right. Because you lay down a road and underneath the road is the right. sewer. And, and, and I know, yeah, and, and also in, in this game, um, the, like, the power lines and the sewer lines are all under the road, so that's like how you build right. it. Right, right, right. And also your city is built to feed by default. Like Your city has to be fed off of the interstate that runs down the middle yeah. of the map. So you have to come off an off-ramp to your city. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. But, it, but it, from there... I, 
I mean, I imagine you could just make that feed to a really weird pre-death Walt Disney Epcot <laughs> that's just radiating rings of trains you mean and weird freedom or whatever it was called. What is the name of that town? It was they a, built? Oh, oh god, the the weird yeah, not, town. Epcot, not Epcot. Yeah, the town that they the, the, the weird one, like, independence well, no, or freedom be, or before Disney no, I, celebration. Celebration. That's celebration. The weird, <laughs> celebration. I'm gonna build that town. One, it's gonna the, be awful. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the freaky, the freakier original one though was Epcot. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I just wanted to get to the one that exists though. What's like this one? We we have one over here like Bourneville. Is that a thing? It's a real thing. It's not just on a chocolate <laughs> box. That's like a real town that Cadbury built for um, all the chocolate workers. Right. Oh so the only gosh. the yeah, only thing that I heard about uh, SimCity was the tilt shift. Effect. Yeah, and it looks beautiful. It, so is that just it's an just effect, effect for the sake of it, or does it have any meaning? For no, it's just it has no gameplay elements. But it, but it. Um, yeah, no. That, but it, when you, you have, it's, it's not on all the time either. There's a there's a tilt oh, shift okay. setting where you can yeah. dial how intense the tilt shift. I also is. thought it was really interesting that you could have like this. This was like Instagram. Style filters built into the game yeah. that you could use, and you know what? I, I really, I, I really like that effect. It, it, yeah, it's it actually, works. it's actually quite cool. Yeah. And I think that a lot of that stuff probably exists to encourage people to share yeah. pictures and yeah, video yeah. of their cities. Because it's like you can turn the time lapse up, turn the tilt shift on, and then it just looks like your city is this weird little miniature stop motion world. And yeah. then, then you can put some poignant music over it, and then your YouTube video is sweet. But it, oh, you don't. Or apply a filter and put it on Vimeo. But it works. When you, but I also think the tool shift thing. I mean, you say it's not really doesn't have any functional um, uh, purpose in the game, but I, but I think it probably does because what you tend to be focusing. I mean, it's so dense this game. If you've actually played it, there's so much detail going on all the time that it has this. I don't know how it works, but when you when you focus, when you it tends to blur out the things that you're not looking at. Well, so it does actually really help. Whatever sort of in the middle. Of, yeah, yeah. Of whatever the depth screen, point of the, the camera. Screen, so, so it does, but. You know, it, it, I think it. I think it actually does sort of have serve. It focuses you it, by yeah. by putting things out of focus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> America, America, dreams. America have changed their slogan. Welcome to tomorrow. celebration, celebration, Florida. It focuses you by putting other things out of focus. <laughs> Weird, like life and reality. Live in this Disney town. Do you want to see if we if readers sent us mail? I mean, they probably didn't want to pay the extra postage to send it all the to way to the UK. A, that's a good one. Video <laughs> uh, <laughs> Be a voice man. You're sat dad. Oh, goddamn sat dad. Uh, all right. Sack man. It's reader mail. Mail from you, the readers. If you have any questions you want answered, send them to questions at idlethumbs.net. For Idle Thumbs, I'm Alex Ashby. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're back for Reader Mail, and I was just going to repeat everything that you said, but I d I've decided this isn't the book club, so I won't do that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Jack Crosby writes... Hi there, Thumbs. What are your thoughts on period settings in video games and the levels of, accept uh, of acceptability and discontinuity? Here's an example that I've had recently that relates to the question. Last year, my mom and I played Assassin's Creed 3, and it hit her uh, that the period costuming is sort of broken. Hoods just aren't fashion in 18th century America. They were sort of in the Crusades, less so in Italy, but in America, during the Revolution, they most certainly did not. Um... I realize it's a game where a man travels in time from the future, and apples control minds, and aliens plan the future to avoid sunburn, so blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, he's just... Um, so you're talking that, about the main really, protagonist. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a really interesting point. I remember um, there was a point where uh, someone told me, um, I can't say who, but they were talking about, at some point, they were going to ditch the hood and go with the tri 
caught in a hat because the whole point about the Assassin's Creed like silhouette is they've got this eagle thing going on with the point and they were going to just go with the tricorner hat as that thing mm-hmm. but I guess I, I can't I mean that's a great idea but from a marketing perspective not having that guy in the white hood as the sort of face of the Assassin's Creed game doesn't work it kind of breaks Although, continuity it totally does but then at the same time you probably saw that in um, the Vita game Liberation which well, she did have had, which she did have the tricorner hat yeah which I think you know it, does work. Um, I just misheard that as a tricorder hat. This so <laughs> entire thing I've been imagining yeah. a Star Trek style tricorder I, hat. I, I love period settings in video games. I feel like, uh, I mean, maybe not that particular case, but I loved, my favourite setting was um, Assassin's Creed uh, Brotherhood, where you're in Rome, but I don't know, there's something about um, being in Rome during the Renaissance and seeing the Colosseum, but it's still being a ruin Yeah, in that that's what right. I mean, kind of really like brought it home to me, like how old it was. And right, I, right. I think sometimes it gives you the chance to um, experience like, these settings in a totally different context than you would. And stuff. I don't know. I, I really like oh, right. the Assassin's Creed yeah. games make me feel weird about their settings, just because of the mixed kind of you know the future time traveling guy. I mean, the first yeah, game, I, I was so excited by the kind yeah. of um, what was mm-hmm. it? Uh, the genetic Jerusalem memory kind of. That oh, right, whole yeah. area. I was like, that sound, that's so cool to play in that setting. It hasn't been done. Yeah. And then they're like, and on layered on top of it is this sci-fi bullshit. Yeah. Like, he's remembering that. But everybody, I feel like everybody isn't, I love the idea of that. But genetic, I think the, the idea of going back through genetic memory through someone's ancestry is like a really cool idea. I just don't feel that those sections are particularly well handled. Right. And I don't know anybody that's played those games that likes those games that really likes those sections yeah, with the right. Desmond character. Um, we talked about this exactly like right, right when that was back when Idle Thumbs on Christmas in San Francisco the first time. That there's absolutely nothing about the nature of those games that necessitates that you be plugged into an animus. Yeah, like w- they could just be a series of games that take place through history, and fans would fill in all that interconnected, familial, genetic middle ground. Absolutely, and you'd actually have a more engaged fan base. I think you'd have a way more active online community. You'd have a way more active forum community. I, I, I just wonder. I just wonder how much it was to do with um, selling the game at that point. Really though, but I mean, when it was like, hey, we're making a game about the Crusades, cool. When, I felt like yeah. that they did feel like it was a risk at the time. That they didn't think it was going to do well with its original setting. If so it was just this is a game where you play. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's what, that's I, what I mean. Said, oh, but really, you're jacked into a virtual replication of the Crusades. Yeah, I, I feel oh, like sweet. I mean, I, also, I feel like they went with that, and now they're kind of stuck with it. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Feel I think like that also holds for that guy having a hood and the hood being in all the games. I mean, the, the I'm okay with it if in Black Flags you get jacked in while you're in a submarine. <laughs> cool. You have to the element. Yeah, that yeah you have to be on water to I feel see. the water. Otherwise, the memory's not quite exactly right. right. You just yeah, you have that's to, like sell the soul. Trigger them. That hood yeah, to me though always seemed to be a way of trying to make your character look like a cool guy, like modern graffiti culture kid or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what would Mark Echo the... look like if he was yeah. stabbing people in the yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, that that hood basically is what happens when a focus group of eighteen to twenty-nine year olds no produces. Do you think it's from the focus group? Did you no, see, I, here's six. I think that, that, here's that six hood, that I think that there we never Give saw the, we never saw the frame from this behind the scenes documentary. But do you remember the um, Deus Ex Three documentary where the art director is sitting in front of the picture of the protagonist and he just looks exactly <laughs> the same, <laughs> with yeah. the same crazy tattoos no. and stuff? Honestly, though, but do you remember remember when um, Assassin's Creed the first Assassin's Creed the first announced it's like way back um, when the PS3 was like, in its early days, and they showed that screenshot of it, and that character somehow that that like one screenshot of what it was going to look like before the game had like any visual stuff just looked cool, and people like really latched onto it. I don't know yeah. what it was. 
It's like that's really good art direction to be able yeah. to, to be able to capture people's attention. It just that looked really fresh thing. as well. Also, like as a um, it's something that um, Team Fortress did really well was that you can recognize a character from its silhouette, and they put a lot of work into making that silhouette. Yep, like really iconic. They created this. Right. Yeah. You can you can say we can sit here and say like oh bullshit, it's just a white hood, but like that has now become like so synonymous with that franchise that it and and it works so well for them, and it looks great. I mean, guy hood is now a thing. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't. I, did, I, mean, it, our, 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 I don't know if they made it a thing though. Was it really them? No, they, but, no, but it was. But it's, it's that. No, but that, it's like, that like it's that. that is a look. It's a silhouette. It's, but within, they've, they've, they've got the points on within it. Within video games, it's, the way that that character is shaped is super specific. Though yeah. Yeah. Ghost you, Protocol. Yeah, but like you don't look at him and think you're the assassin from Assassin's Creed. But no, all but, of those characters in all the different Assassin's Creed games are different people. But they all like they have this tradition, and that's what the game. And then I understand that beaky hood. It's that. It's it's the beaky hood. Yeah, it's that. Um. It's that being able to like tell a character from the silhouette and the way right. they move. I mean, I remember they, they talked about it recently. They wanted it to seem like an eagle, and it's like that eagle motif comes up again and mm-hmm. again and again. Just, even with that terrible soundbite when you jump into the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> like, but then it keeps coming back. But it, but right. it works. It works really well for them. And whether they should have moved away from it, like I, no, I, I think can they see would have been better served by moving away from the technology. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. But, yeah. um, so that it would just be the story of this one line of people who sort of had a genetic predisposition to wear hoods. <laughs> that is the story of Link. That's the story of Link. That's the story of Link as of Wind Waker when they retconned the whole thing. Well, yeah, that's, that's fine. Upon it. I have no problem. That was the best in Wind Waker. God, in Wind Waker, when, when you get the little kid doesn't want to put the costume on. Yeah. And then... well, what I thought was the best was the new game plus in Wind Waker when it's all imaginary. What? I didn't play that part. Ah, it's so good. You get given the... You, they hand over nothing to you, and you don't put on the green... He, like, pretends to put it on, and is wearing his, like, blue pajamas for the rest of the game. Yeah. And everyone's like, you're the hero. And it's like this implied, imaginary kind of story that the, the culture have made up. That's really weird. I really like it, because it's like... Sounds there like is a no green hero thing. We've just, like, made it's, this myth. Right. And it's like, you've grown up, so here's the ceremony. It's a very Kojima so, style. Yeah. <laughs> The, the... He's like imaginary sword as well. It's like he's just so yeah. dope to fight this fucking like yeah, spider. That's, spider. A, that's a real <laughs> fucking spider. <laughs> that spider will murder me. There's <laughs> no spider there. He's just like gray. Yes. It has a ten beats per minute. I don't know if I rate. want to play this new game plus. <laughs> sounds terrifying. Uh, yeah. I mean, this guy goes on to just ask in general. I know we we went bananas, so it's probably okay. But he was asking, does temporal discontinuity in a game bother you. And the example that he gave was, unfortunately, from us being really OCD, but he said, I was watching you guys play the stream of Bioshock with J.P. LeBreton, one of the designers on it, and he pointed at a font at the farmer's market and said, oh, that font isn't accurate to the time. <laughs> and I think only some people have a brain that does that. Like you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it, I think the, like, how cohesive a creative piece feels, or is, at its core, and how well thought out of those allows you to have suspension of disbelief yeah. and forgive things. Like, <laughs> I think, well, the point, really the point for me was like Assassin's Creed uh, Brotherhood where like Machiavelli leaps off a building. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, I'm pretty sure that isn't in The Prince, but okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like, where it's like, I feel like that line is always like a delicate yeah. thing you're drawing, you know, and it has, it weaves. It's mm. not a straight line. Well, uh, thanks James. I mean, Jack. Now an email from James. James Walmsley writes, uh, Dear Thumbs, in one of the older Thumbs episodes, you guys talked about the board game Imperial 2030, a discussion that encouraged me to go out and buy the game. Cool. 
I can confirm that it's the tits. <laughs> and this made me get into the realm of board games. Particularly You're the first person to ever describe that game as that. I would. It's a weird German-based futuristic Future economic simulator, but it's tits. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's he says it's gotten him into board games, particularly the Game of Thrones board game and Seven Wonders, which he recommends, and me too. That's a good game. And he says, are there any other board games in the similar style you'd recommend, or even not the similar style? Between 2030 and The Fabled Vine Handler, it had seemed you have at least somewhat an interest in the genre, but I've never really heard your thoughts. So, um, anyone got any board game recs? Um, I really like Pandemic. Have you guys played that? Yeah, it's wonderful. Mm. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. It, basically, the cool thing about Pandemic is that you can get around with like three to five people, yeah. and you play the game, but you're playing... Everyone Everybody's plays playing against the system. Yeah. Like, the rules of the game are trying to take out, like, the pieces are trying to take over the earth. Mm -hmm. Like, this virus is trying to take over the board, and you're continually, like, fighting it back. So you're strategizing with every single person who's playing the game. There's yeah. no DM or anything. Sort of, the rules are around the world, each playing character. outposts. And mm, yeah, each character has their own little special power. Right. Yeah. Last right. time I played, yeah, that, that sounds, awesome. Yeah, that sounds yeah. awesome. Uh, like, I really want to play board games. None of my friends are into them. The one that I've heard a lot about and the one that seems most interesting to me is um, Risk Legacy. Oh, oh yeah. we're playing like so that. that's, yeah. Yeah. that's like yeah. Jake and I have that, and we're have yet to dig into it. Ben oh, really? Like, yeah, so there's like several sections that of the game that like containers that open up when you meet certain conditions and change the game mm. permanently and they're just so exciting when you get to do those bits. you mean like literally you draw the board yeah, and change you put stickers on it you cause nuclear fallout on part of the world and mutants emerge and that's a new faction that someone can play the next time that you play the game and it's like what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean what's, what's really fascinating about it is that it, it allows you to immediately ignore all the traditional strategies that Risk would have, like go to Australia, build up a big army there. Mm. Because one of the things that you can do when you win... As in life. Yes. <laughs> is uh, you can change the the amount of points or value that each continent has. Mm -hmm. So Australia might not have as much value. Asia might have a much bigger value. So there's more incentive to do your best to get all of Asia, whereas most people would think, oh, I'm never going to do that. It's too hard to hold it for mm -hmm. one round. But... You know, if you raise it enough, then it's got an extra value. Once you've got the nuclear element there, you know, if you have that race, you can start there and get some starting bonus, whereas anyone else that starts there will lose a man every every round. So it's really fascinating. We're, we're on, like, the sixth or seventh... What is it, 15 games that you've got to play? Um, is it, I can't remember. Like yeah, yeah, it's like a... Until you've sort of fully uh, mutated the board, yeah, and, then, yeah, and then you throw it away, you, or you can't. You, you, you can't. You can, you can keep. Games. You can just play. State. You can keep playing Risk over the top of the end of your oh, game. Oh right, but it's okay, not going to change. Gonna change yeah. right. mm. The game sets burn. fire to itself. <laughs> <laughs> the final thing you open is a matchbook. Is what's in the last sealed envelope. That you but it just says, "But it's a bit of struggling with automatically lighting." And I actually have a game like on my like it's literally sitting in a box, just delivered. That was from Kickstarter that I'm excited to play just because it feels like Kickstarter is a really nice like like track record right now with board games called uh, Tammany Hall, which is a reissue of an old board game where it's like New York in the early 1800s and you're like a gang boss trying to trying to politically conquer sections of the city, and it's by a company that just formed for their Kickstarter called like Pandasaurus Games or something. But it looks fantastic, and it's got really, really wonderful reviews on Board Game Geek. So that's the next game I think we're going to be getting into. Yeah, I can also forthcoming. I can also give a recommendation of a board game not to start with if you're just getting into board <laughs> games, which is Twilight Imperium. 
Oh, I've heard that game is intense. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's. I mean, I played it. When was it? It was like six What's months ago. It's a sci-fi. It's kind of just all the sci-fi tropes. So you got like some Star Trek type races and, and Star Wars and Babylon Five, mm-hmm. and the the kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. very, it's very cool. It is, uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, definitely yeah. play the game. But you would be in it for the long haul. It's like a six to eight hour game. Oh my goodness. There are many kind of win conditions. So it's one of the few games, I know there's quite a few games that say you don't necessarily need to win just via brute force, Um, but this really is the case in Twilight Imperium. You can use, you can become like a trading empire and really win the game by getting, you know, five different kind of win conditions Mm -hmm. via trading. So if you've traded with, you know, uh, uh, another race that's, owns a planet in your system, that might be a win condition. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's just, they're, they're really obscure, kind of slightly uh, just strange win conditions that that game contains, which don't really Are they well publicized? Or it always feels like people who have, have are very experienced playing a game that has multiple very specific win conditions just kick your ass because they know how to win. Like, and they just reveal suddenly. Oh, I yeah, and like, oh, actually, no. You if you it. play three cards, <laughs> it's, it's four o'clock. Games like that, yeah. though, you just have to play them a few times and lose at them. Right. To, to I always them to have solved yeah. strategies. No, they're, they're they're pretty well explained. Uh-huh. So I, I never felt like someone sprung a surprise on me, and I was just like, oh, what? You can win like that? That right. sucks. Yeah. Uh-huh. So no, it's it's not. It's it's so long. I mean, you spend a lot of the time mm-hmm. kind of reading the instructions and, and trying to understand, you know, how the design works. Um, it's it's a really good game. People should try it, but it's probably not the best thing to just jump into. Just jump into. Yeah. You don't want to go from Candyland yeah. to that. Okay. Yeah. Candyland is a sweet game. It's pretty much the easiest game. It's called rolling a die or spinning a wheel. Yeah. yeah. Like snakes um, and ladders. It's what? even less complicated. Yeah, There's you just no sort of move back. forward, and then maybe you get knocked back if the square tells you to go back, and then you just keep moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you're if you're into sword and sorcery type stuff, Talisman is a pretty cool board game, which is good for all levels of experience I think it can run quite long as well Monopoly it can good. it depends on the expansion Boggle yeah. Boggle yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, there's a card game called Glory to Rome that I really like that is resource management uh, is city building stuff as well? it was yeah. an old game that was apparently just ugly as shit and just the most hideous looking game but it's very sort of mechanically clean and it, like really really strategic uh and it did, I think, either through a Kickstarter or through just some other company, it came out with a really new reprint recently, and it's just beautiful looking. Like, it's really clean. It's just laden with Futura, so it's the best looking uh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid, but it's, it's, it's just... Yeah. Can, like, that makes me think of... Hey, Apple whatever. Apple. You would hate it or like it. No, I like it. No, I'm, I'm down with it Futura. Just, it looks... I can do with Futura. You want to talk about fonts? We can talk about fonts. I don't talk about fonts. It came back looking like a really clean... Uh, interpretation of a sort of mid-century artifact, except that it's all like this ancient Rome-themed strategy game. It's really neat. It's good. Play it or don't. Whatever. Um, you know, that looks like a long one. I got the last one here, which is about lords and the management thereof. Um, hmm. Chris Roberts, but probably not Chris Roberts, a different one, writes, uh, Hey Thumbs, I'm a bit of a PC gaming Luddite, so most of the Dota slash MOBA talk goes over my head. Uh, that said, it always makes me chuckle when you use the term Lord's Management on the show. Because that is what those games are Because they are Lord's Management games. You manage Lord's. 
Being from the UK and not much of a PC gamer, the only lords that I have as a reference are the House of Lords. And the Lord. <laughs> One half of that, uh, yeah. our Houses of Parliament. It just conjures up the hilarious notion in my mind of the player ordering around a load of stuffy old white guys instructing them to beat the shit out of each other while the legislative feature of the country is put on hold until the round is over. So Which is the exact game we've been talking about this entire time. Yeah. Dota 2 is that. Exactly. Huskar is essentially just uh, like a Parliament. county commissioner. Yes. <laughs> so my question is, can you think of any regular gaming terms or descriptions that we use all the time, but that would seem totally bizarre to people who don't have video games as a reference point? Like all of them. Yep. They yeah. all gross me out so much. Like frag is disgusting as a word. But it's not in a military. That's a military. From the Vietnam. Frag, yeah. But I mean, yeah. we use it now. It's got, it went from mm. the military into gaming Put its tentacles out into boys, and yeah. that is now <laughs> and that is now just used, boys? and you hear it, and it's gross, and I don't like it. Like I mean, it is short for fragmentation, I imagine. Which is gib. What's yeah. gib? It's a gib. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is Giblets, what? Which is right? like the Giblets. gross, yeah. like pile of body turns into mm, in a video yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, they're all disgusting. I don't know. I have a really hard time with gaming shorthand. I mean, Dota. Just to expand upon Lord's management games is all shorthand. And it's all stupid. Yeah. I've tried to play... It's, it's, like, when people start talking like, about Dota, yeah. it's impenetrable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right, like, but when people start talking about anything that has a very, very hyper-specific skill like, yeah, set like, and uh, also Star- rule set... Like StarCraft II's um, but, like, cast, which it's are, not the rule set, it's you, the you community. Want to about, you social games and create a language around them, I think. But I don't know. It's the same thing that, like, if you get into a sports bar and you hear a bunch of people talking about like American football and they're talking about first downs and like yards after catch and all these like yeah. crazy data no, points. It's, but again, but it's like, oh, sportsman catches ball and runs for goal. <laughs> like that's the dork response to anything that is not understood that happens to be publicly accepted as okay to talk about. Meanwhile, people will turn it around and start talking about tapping mana and about last hits. Right. I mean, yeah. I just feel like all that stuff, mm. all that stuff carries over to anything that has a very <laughs> hyper-specific skill set and then you can sort of, you know, you can you can throw pejorative hmm. judgment on it if you want to. Yeah, there's, think, all, there's also ones that like. That like I'm out. sure knitting communities. But, have but, the same but, then, thing. but then I think gaming has this um, has this like sort of extra level of possibly you know um, confusion where you have things like you know multi kill, which you know to us is like we know oh, what that just, means. But yeah. then if you tell someone on the street, they're like, that's fucking awful. Exactly, like, that's the other difference, <laughs> right? Though yeah. is that like the subset of communicate of communication devices that a specific game may have may trigger. A very emotional like yeah. response to a layperson. Yeah, it's like you know, for, rampage. Yeah, like, rampage. Oh, don't call that's a rampage. Awful. Yeah, that's bad. don't call the cops. Yeah. <laughs> Is that me? For a kill. That's terrible. So maybe the real cops. Yeah. <laughs> so so maybe so maybe that's like you know the sports analogy that like is kind of comparable, but then sometimes maybe maybe, maybe like. There are things that maybe possibly. Seem but like, if like, like if, if like a sack in the NFL was called murder grab, you would have people on the street be like, "Oh, that's bad! Don't yeah. murder grab anybody." Exactly. But it's called a sack. You're like, "Oh, okay." So, so it's, like, it's like, like a thing you put yeah. things in. Or yeah. you're getting fired. In the UK, oh, yeah, I guess sacking. Oh yeah, sacking. Oh, I looked at you just with a dead stare. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, have I offended you? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, like America, like 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 football, your football, soccer. Doesn't have any. <laughs> like yellow card. Yellow card is not like you know, gut explosion. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. That's a cool term in gaming. Gut explosion. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. I know. I just like the arbitrary picks making sound like guts. grandma. Oh, guts. Agro crag. 
Nickelodeon Guts. You guys don't have Nickelodeon in this country. Yeah, we oh, you're right. You didn't get it, apparently. But you didn't know well, you don't have the crack. Since I was, like, yeah, you didn't have you had Guts, but... Nickelodeon Guts. Yeah, I know Guts. Oh, the big mountain you climbed at the end. Yeah, of crag. yeah. It's like a twenty foot, a twenty foot, like a mountain made out of plexiglass or whatever. I watched. And I, I saw an article recently that was just a compilation of the worst moments in Legends of the Hidden Temple. It was the most just demeaning, horrible <laughs> thing in the entire world. Where it was just clearly just pointing out that from a design standpoint, the temple in Legends of the Hidden Temple is just atrocious garbage. Like, it's a game meant for children to play, but all the things that you have to interact with were built at adult height. <laughs> just like, these, like, four-foot-high, like, third graders trying to just press the button, and the host can't be demeaning because it's a children's show so he's just like good job you're doing great doing so good and you can see these kids just like sweating and just like starting to like just <laughs> go and have an episode and just, yeah and like go back into the room they were just in because they can't figure out what to do in oh the room. god yes it's the well, most the going back into the room it's just so like, sad. It's like, oh, he's, oh he's gotta go back he's oh he thinks he's you mm, as a kid watching mm. that show you're just like you're a fucking idiot kid but now watching those kids as an adult is just traumatizing so <laughs> which actually before we end I have a request. I recently read... This is an NFL football request for... Our British friends are not going to care about this. But I recently read an article that Pro Bowl defensive end Namdekin Sue from the Detroit Lions was on... Was a contestant on Wild and Crazy Kids. But he's like 340 pounds. So when he was 13, he was just a man. <laughs> and apparently... People who have said they saw Nambikin Sue on Wild and Crazy Kids said it was hilarious because he was literally he was just like stomping shot. children to complete his goals. But it's nowhere <laughs> to be found on YouTube. So if you're an Idle Thumbs reader and can find Nambikin Sue on Wild and Crazy Kids from like 1994, you're the best. Questions at Idle Thumbs. Yeah, yeah, you know how to find us. What was, was on Wackaday? You read, what? No What's yeah, Wackaday? Wackaday was a kids' TV show in this country. And you were on it? Yeah. yeah. Like, did you win it? I did, did yeah. You won? <laughs> what did you get? I got a t-shirt, a Crayola set, <laughs> barf, and barf. a mobile. It was like, you I'm got not like a mobile so phone. You... No, I like a <laughs> <laughs> uh, sticky kind of dangling thing. So you got garbage. You got, yeah. you got refuse. <laughs> Prizes when we were kids on TV shows were rubbish. In this country, <laughs> anyway. They were just like, I don't know, Funhouse has a pretty good one. Like, yeah, yeah, Funhouse was the high level. Like, like a scholarship was, or something. Yeah. Where they're like, here's $2,000. It was the Word Association. That was the game. Did you get for Word Association? Yeah. Oh. Yes, it was rich. So you didn't, do anything. You didn't do anything physical. What? That sounds like here, yes. I'm sure I will encounter all three of those things between here and the restaurant I go to dinner at. A mallet, a bird, and custard. All right. Uh, I think we're done So now. thanks to a million people for being on this podcast. Yes, yeah. thanks. Uh, Lawrence. No problem. Thanks. Ollie. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Ben. Thank you. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks, Alex, for announcing it. No problem. And thanks, Alan, for hanging out on the bed the entire time. I made the SNES contribution. Oh, yeah, thank you for talking about Super Nintendo. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. See you in, in San week. Francisco in a week. Bye, guys. Bye. Dash Mendo. Video game. It makes no noise. That's the noise from something.